welcome to the Excuse My African podcast. My name is Stella Damasis and I am your host. Join me as I take you on a journey through the eyes of a misrepresented and misunderstood African girl abroad. In this episode, I will talk about Africa before the slavery. As you all know, I'm an African immigrant, so living in Africa, where I was born and raised, um, we always used to hear Americans talk about Black History Month, and we just know that it was a time that Americans celebrated um, the lives of the slaves that were brought from Africa to America, their history, what they went through, and all of that, and how they were emancipated. And we just thought, you know, it was one of those things. We never understood the the enormity of what it stood for until, you know, I moved to America and I started realizing how important the month of February was to black people, um, African-Americans. And it was very intriguing um, for me to hear them talk about it for all the events that they would do and build around Black History Month and people who would dress as Africans and all of that. It, it was very exciting for me. I mean, I I didn't see anything wrong with that, you know, but I also realized that it meant different things to different people. While some people loved the fact that they had a month to celebrate their history and how far they've come, other people were very um, upset about Africans having just one month in a year to be celebrated. Some people thought, you know, don't, don't pick one month because we should celebrate ourselves every day, every week, every month, you know. So don't make it sound like African-Americans are only important uh, for just one month of the year. I understand that as well. But, you know, I'm I'm in the middle in all of this because I'm not American. I'm African. I just happen to live in America and I have lived my life in Africa and I live here now and I'm seeing things from both sides to understand it. So I think I'm more centered, you know, to understand and speak more about the African people. But this is what it means to me. You know, while some people are not happy that Others are celebrating Africans in just one month of the year. I decided to see the positive side of it. Even though we celebrate Africa every day and every month, like I celebrate Africa every week with this podcast, and that's why it's titled Excuse My African. But even though I celebrate Africa every week, I am also happy that at least the month of February, we get to tell our stories, we get to tell people who we are and show who we are. But as an African immigrant, we decided here at Excuse My African to do something different as opposed to talking about Black History Month with slavery all the time, which a lot of people do. I decided to talk about the Africa that we know before the slavery because a lot of people all over the world do not know about Africa before the slavery. When they hear Africa, they just hear, oh, those people that were brought in as slaves. Oh, the Africa that's so poor. The Africa that people have to help all the time. The dark continent. The backward place. You know, they have so many funny things and funny ideas about Africa. The place where elephants walk on the streets and monkeys live with people and people live on trees and all kinds of funny stuff, you know. So I decided that I was going to do this and hopefully excite you. Because before the slavery, people, listen carefully. Before the slavery, we were kings and queens. We had empires and kingdoms. We were ruling, you know, centuries before some of the greatest civilizations and all that. We had it in Africa. 
the present-day Sudan that was known as Kush, the present-day Ethiopia, Aksum, the great, great architectural buildings, and all the things that Africa had to offer. We were amazing, big. We had it all, even before the slave trade. Africa was booming. It was great. It was powerful. Look, Africa established its own economic and political systems, cultures, philosophies, and we contributed to human knowledge. I talked about Egypt a while ago and how even the mathematics was birthed out of, of Egypt. And people were wondering, like, are you serious? I'm like, yes, I am. And you know what? I'm actually happy and excited about the Black Panther movie that was just released because for the first time, at least, huge studios in America, filmmakers in Hollywood have decided that when they put Africans in the movie, they don't put them as slaves. They made them royalty. I'm telling you that that is a great representation of how we were before slavery. So Africa is not just a place that's synonymous with slavery or bad things or negative things. We were great people before the slavery and we are still great after the slavery. And because of that, I'm going to share a story with you. And I'm hoping that after you listen to this podcast, you would actually go and do more research and get excited about some African heroes and legends that you probably never heard about, but really did exist. And I want to share with you an amazing king, a great emperor known as King Mansa Musa. This king was so important. He was a Malian king, a king of Mali, who ruled from 1312 to 1337. And he expanded the Malian influence over the Niger city, states of Timbuktu, Gao, and Jene. I'm sure these, <laughs> these places I'm mentioning, you probably never have heard them before, but this is a time. Go on Google, go and buy books, read books, and learn about our people. Now, this king, let me tell you something. He was estimated to have been worth the equivalent of $400 billion in today's currency, which makes him the richest person to ever walk the earth. Now, a lot of people might listen to this and say, oh, come off it. That's not true. You're just talking. I actually did my research to the point that I got to Business Insider and the Times magazine. And do you know what Business Insider said about Mansa Musa? I'm going to read from businessinsider.com so that you will know that this is not a joke, okay? It says, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos' net worth just crossed $100 billion, the first time in modern history that a person has been known to hold such a massive amount of wealth. But he is still far from African king Musa Keita I, who's Mansa Kanka Musa, who is thought to be the richest person of all time, richer than anyone could ever describe. And this report also came from the Times magazine. Literally, his fortune was incomprehensible. And the person that wrote the article is called Jacob Davidson for the Times. So you can verify my story. And he says there's really no way to put an accurate number on his wealth. He ruled the Mali Empire in the 14th century and his land was laden with lucrative natural resources, most notably gold. And his vast wealth was only one piece of his rich legacy. So what you're hearing now is just one piece of what he has. And by the time some Arab scholars came together to try to determine what he was really worth, 
They said it was over $400 billion for one man, which is beyond anything you have heard of on the face of the earth. Now, he was a businessman, an economist, and he gained wealth through Mali's supply of gold, salt, and ivory. This king had a huge army that kept the peace and protected the trade routes. Now, the thing that really got me excited about this man was the fact that he, he was Muslim, so he was of the Islam um, religion. He would go to pilgrimage, and when he's coming back to Mali and to his other kingdoms, he would bring in the best architects, the best scholars, the best engineers from all over the world back to his home country. And then when he brings them in, he will get them to build the best universities, libraries, and different, the mosque, everything they had there was highly technical. The best architects in the world from Spain, from Germany, when the people all over the world and in Europe started to notice that, look, this man has been paying and employing people to come back to Mali with him to build the biggest things in the world, they started noticing more and more about Africa and they put him on the map. That's how Mali got on the map of the world and Timbuktu with his best university. In fact, this, this is blowing my mind right now as I'm sharing it with you because I've spent time doing this research and I'm so excited to share it with you. And when he went on his pilgrimage, another thing that got him noticed, got him attention, was that when he went to Mecca, he would give so much money to the poor that it would shock the world, it would shock the media, it would shock the masses, that people would wonder, who is this man? He held so many titles, he was called the Emir of Mel, Lord of the Mines of the Wangara, Conqueror of the Ganata, and dozens more. He had conquered over 24 cities, each with surrounding districts, containing villages and estates, and you can imagine all the places he had conquered, all the things that he had at his disposal, it is crazy. Now, there's a story that an Arab scholar wrote and people believe that it was true because this Arab scholar was very close to them at the time and he knew what happened. This man was so curious about the world that he wanted to get to the Atlantic Ocean. And you know what he did? He equipped 200 boats, filled them with gold, water, provision, everything and men sufficient for years and he ordered them to go and search till they get to the Atlantic Ocean to tell him exactly how it looked, what it is, how he can conquer areas around that place and he said they shouldn't return until they get there and then they left. After a long time only one boat came back out of 200 boats. That is crazy. One boat came back and the captain of that boat said look we could see the middle of the ocean but we couldn't get there. The other boats, they got there and they drowned. This is the only boat that came back. Do you know what the king did? He decided to equip 2,000 boats, filled it with his men, he got on it, filled another 1,000 boats with food, water, everything that they would need and said he wasn't going to come back until he got to the Atlantic Ocean, at least the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. It is crazy. It is, I, I don't know how to... <laughs> I'm so excited to share this with you because when people talk about Africa and they say all kinds of crazy things, I just laugh because I said to myself, this man reigned from 1312 to 1337, which was way before the slave trade. And we already knew that he brought scholars and different people and he established the best schools, the best universities and libraries and different places of learning in Mali, in Timbuktu. 
And yet people look at Africa and say it is a backward place. We don't read. We're not educated. Isn't it funny that even before the slavery, even before people, our people were brought to America, we had the best of the best in different parts of Africa. And that's why I laughed when I watched an interview with uh, Chimamanda um, Adichie, the famous author. And I loved her for her response when the interviewer was asking her if Africans read her book and if there were libraries in Nigeria. And Chimamanda responded by saying, um, it, is, it is a slap on the face of France for you to ask me that question. You know, I love that response because apparently a lot of people are ignorant about Africa. So guys, I've talked so much about King Manta Musa. I would love for you to go search Go, 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 go find out more about him and you would know that Africans were great kings and queens and we lived wonderfully well with our own cultures, our own language, our learning system. Everything was amazing. So when you think of Africa, don't think of just the negative. Think of the great things that we have done to, to contribute to the world and the great people that we are. Thank you for listening to this podcast and I hope you'll join me again for the next one. You can contact me via email, excusemyafrican at gmail.com or visit the website, excusemyafrican.com for more details. Remember to stay positive and give love. <music>